Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you, sir. And you too, Dwayne. It's always great talking to you. I think that uh, I, I think I'm getting to the point where I need these calls with you every week, like I do with my other buddy, where uh, it's kind of like counseling, you know, where I, I get to run things by you, and you know, we could discuss things and come up with ideas, and also sharing them with our, you know, our listeners or people who are out there, you know, listening to the podcast. Absolutely, I, I, it's reciprocal. Believe me. Hey, I, I, I know. Before we get in our topic, I, I wanted to ask you because we haven't even had a chance to talk. Um, how did your tournament go this weekend that you had? Oh man, it was killer. It really, really was killer. When I say that, we we've gotten to a point where we've kind of worked out everything, you know, and um, it was great. Well, we had just so you know, numbers wise, we had probably about I think just under four hundred competitors. Um, we had probably about 40 different martial arts schools attend, and um, it, ran, it started at 8.30 in the morning, like on time. Every event ran on time to the minute, pretty much, and uh, we were done with the grand champions around, I think, like 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, the good thing is people were just super happy, you know, nothing but compliments, no complaints, you know, that kind of thing, and uh, it was just awesome. I'll tell you a quick funny story. I have this gentleman come up to me, and he's like, I, I, I'm a little annoyed. And I'm like, well, sir, how can I help you? Maybe I could fix things. He goes, I have to tell you. He goes, my, my two students and my son missed their event. And I'm like, oh, that stinks. What a, you didn't hear me call it? Or, and um, he's like, you know, no, it's all, it, the event is over already. I'm like, oh, okay, well, well, what time was the event? Now he's talking to me. It's like 10, 10 o'clock. And, um, and I said, well, what time was your event? He says, well, it says on the flyer, 8.30. So I said, sir, I'm a, little, I'm a little confused. So you're coming to me now? You just got here at 10, 10 o'clock or whatever it was? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, but do you show up to a movie, a 9 o'clock movie at 10 p.m. and then get mad at the movie theater because they ran the movie? Do you ask them to redo the movie? He's like, well, that's different. And I go, how? He goes, no martial art tournaments run on time and by the time. I said, well, no, no tournaments other than ours that does amazing and he's like, you're for real. You run things on time. I'm like, sir, you can see. And, you know, and then a friend of mine who I had the same issue with years ago was happened to just be standing there. He's like, yeah, I had the same argument three, three years ago when my guys all showed up an hour late and they were mad because no one, um, you know, no one could compete because they were already done. So anyway, it's a funny story on professionalism and so somehow how people, the standards have been lowered so much to the point where people expect the bad quality to be good quality. It's amazing. Well, and there needs to be, yeah, and there needs to be expectations that um, uh, that we hold ourselves to, but, you know, our, our students and even your tournament uh, right. people that come, you know, the, the, the students that come and do the tournament, the competitors, there needs to be expectations. Uh, and right. now, you know, just like that guy three years ago, he's not going to, he, he he's never done that since, and I'm assuming this guy will not ever do that again either. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? The funny thing is, is that, they, you know, now, of course, the, my friend now who comes, you know, really early before the event, he really appreciates it because now his people know that if we say 8.30 start time, they're going to start at 8.30, you know, if we, you know, or, you know, sometimes, you know, granted, a tournament, you know, bottlenecks a little and we run a little bit later. But I've had people come up to me and say, are you going to start earlier? I'm like, no, we can never start earlier. We can always start a little bit delayed, but we'll never start a 10.30 event at 9 because uh, it's like starting the movie at 9, you know, when it was supposed to start at 10. It just doesn't happen. So they, people really have come to the point where they, they can fit in multiple events throughout the day 
um, because they know that, you know, we're going to be competing. They're not going to go on. Like our black belt kids division starts at 3.30. Our black belt adults start at 1.30. They don't show up until like 12.30, 1 o'clock. They stay in, they sleep in, they have fun, they have breakfast, they hang out with their family, they go compete, they spend a few hours, and then they come home, and they get it all done, and they're excited about it. Yeah, that's So it's, awesome. a, it's interesting. Expectations are everything, aren't they? They are, and, I, and just as an aside note, I, I keep saying this, but I need to, to, to come out and, and per, per, you know, personally witness and watch. I want to bring some of my staff, too, on one of the tournaments so that uh, they can see you know, how a professional tournament is ran. So, but yeah, and it, you know, I want them to have that expectation. And until they see it, um, I know we ran a tournament once here like that and, and they got to see it, but I'd like to see it on a grander scale and to get them more excited. Have those that was really cool. And I'm proud of it. I mean, you know, being able to have on average between 350 and 500 competitors, I mean, not only is it a really great money maker, but it's built itself. We have an entire circuit, five tournaments a year. We have a rating system, a ratings dinner. I mean, it's really turned into something really special. I mean, I could see create what's been created with this kind of, uh, I, I want to say, following or, uh, you know, this circuit of people that are so ingrained into the system and, you know, they're wearing the shirts and they're coming and competing. Now we just started our own New York tournaments team. Um, it's so much bigger than I ever anticipated it ever being. It was pretty exciting, and it's getting bigger and bigger and better and better. So, 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 so And I like... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no go I ahead. Say, I, like, I like the innovative trophies, too. So, but I know we got to get into the call, but... Well, I was going to say, speaking of expectations, you know, what, what this guy had an expectation, but his was an unrealistic expectation. I just had a coaching call with a, with a, a client of mine who's a new client. Um, he's been doing martial arts forever. He's had a few martial arts schools. His martial arts schools have always been, um, you know, more of a hobby uh, than a actual lifestyle, you know, so he kind of fits into that category of, you know, not making it his, you know, his life, but now he's opening a new school. And, um, you know, he started uh, with, the, with the new school, and he's coaching with me. And we were talking today about, you know, about, you know, expectations. And he has another friend of mine who's kind of a client um, who, who kind of has a very old-school mentality, gave him a few tidbits of advice, and he's like, you know, listen, you, you know, you don't, don't, you know, don't expect the students to stick around, and, you know, don't expect for them to be serious until they've been with you for a few years, and, you know, he was saying things that, in my opinion, I personally used to think, and nowadays I don't any longer. And the reason being is because I've skewed the odds by becoming a better teacher, a better, more professional school owner. When years ago, when I wasn't, I could say things like, you know, they're not tough enough to last, or they're never going to stick with it, or, you know, they're not our type of people, you know, or, or you know, our, t our style is too tough for them, you know, whatever the case may be, I, I would make, you know, I had cliches about everything. Um, mainly, really, they should have been considered excuses because that's all they were because I didn't know any better. So, uh, well, you, know, you so made the, uh, I was going to say, you made, you made the, the customer the problem and not you. Right. Right, exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's right. I blamed it on them. You know, I blamed it my... And again, you know, listen, we can't do every single thing that we do to accommodate to the point where we're switching who we are, our identity. Um, but at the same time, we have to be really careful that we don't blame the person without really truly looking into, 
the reasoning of why it's happening. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what do you think about that? I mean, like, what do you do in your school? What have you learned in your school and your system and everything that you do? Uh, you know, like how you've developed your stuff to, to uh, you know, over the years. Have you had any of those epiphanies? Well, certainly. I remember when we first started, it was, you know, kind of a unwritten rule that you, uh, and it was unwritten, you bow when you walk into class. I mean, that was an expectation that you saw everybody do, but it wasn't really written anywhere. Uh, but when in Rome, you do as the Romans do. And, and right. uh, you know, your your dress, even your uniform dress and how it needs to look nice and all these things were unwritten rules. Well, right. what I've found is that uh, some people uh, don't see the signs. They don't see the writing on the wall. And so, right. therefore, a lot of those things now are, if not all of those things now, are written, you know, in a policy and procedures manual that they get, you know, inside of the student creed that they memorize. You know, there's certain things, obviously, to right. – make sure that they know what the expectations are, even all the way to our, our three strikes and you're out type policy with regards to uh, their attitude and conduct and discipline and what have you inside of the, the classroom. And that goes, you know, with the parent too. And so what I found is that when I've educated them a little better in knowing what the expectations are, not only just, you know, inside of the classroom, but also outside in the viewing area, then the, 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 their understanding grows, and I see more compliance, a lot more compliance with those expectations, because now it's not just, I hope that they, you know, get involved with what we're doing because they see it. I'm actually, you know, making them have to do it because I'm educating them in it and getting them to agree. Now, does it work 100% of the time? No. I mean, you always have individuals that you have to personally sit down with and go over things just because for some reason or another they don't get it. But um, I would say yeah. nine times out of ten with those individuals, after explaining things to them, they they, they go, oh, okay, I understand. Right. Um, well, it's interesting. I, um, You know, there's that old saying, common sense, right? You know, and I I grew up with that saying, you know, my dad would use that often. You know, it's just common sense. And I remember seeing a, a picture on social media or on the Internet once of this huge boa constrictor with a person inside its belly. And, um, you know, they, the tagline was never fall asleep after lunch because what happened was this guy worked in, like, Nicaragua, and he went out to the jungle and laid on a log after eating lunch and took a nap and ended up getting strangled and swallowed by this boa constrictor. Um, so, you know, to him, common sense was not so common, right? He never learned that. Like, he definitely didn't get it, you know. So no one, someone should have probably told him, do not do this because there's a chance you may get eaten. Or maybe he knew it and he was just stupid. But let's just assume that, that common sense wasn't so common. And sometimes within our schools, our expectations as an instructor or a school owner and the parents' and the students' expectations as a student and a parent may be totally on different pages. Like, for example, I might, you know, I might stress the uniform and why it's so important. And a parent may or may not see a value and might not understand why I get so bent out of shape, you know, because they don't wear their proper shoes or they don't have their, you know, school shirt under their uniform. And to them, it doesn't really have a value. But when I explain it to them, they're like, wow, that makes sense. Like, for instance, maybe we could link... 
a video to, to our podcast where there's a Navy SEAL and he talks about the importance of making your bed and why it's so important in the military or why people have to have a perfectly made bed, tight and sharp corners, and how they will tear it apart and throw it on the floor if you don't do it right. And um, I won't go on to say what he says, but the video is just so important about why the little things make such a difference. But however, if we don't educate our clients on that, um, they're not going to know. And you know, why is it important that you can't forget your equipment? Why is it important to not wear you know, a Star Wars shirt under your uniform if you have a uniform protocol? Why is that stuff mean stuff? And if they believe it and they understand it and they buy into it, um, it they're going to get a, a valuable lesson out of it, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that reminds me of uh, um, Rudy Giuliani's book. You know, when he uh, talks about the uh, uh, the broken windows uh, in New York and how his team actually saw that you know he cared about the the minute details and they saw that that he cared about the minute details of things that obviously he was going to care about the big things too so they better make sure that they have the the detailed things taken care of um right because they're going to get in just as much trouble with the detailed ones as if they were you know with the bigger things but uh i really think that education is is the key and and that's where you know i find us as martial artists you know, I think that's where one of the one of the things that we should be, I believe, most powerful in is to be able to educate and communicate and inspire our students. Right. Um, it's not where what it used to be, you know, where you grew up and you saw the, the, the master and no matter what he said, you questioned not and you did it right. and it didn't matter. Didn't, didn't matter what it was, but and 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 you always had that awe factor. You know, it's not, but it's not like Mr. Miyagi anymore. I mean, that's right. not how kids. Uh, that's not how kids see martial artists uh, like they used to. Oh, and so we awesome. have to be a, be a little bit more creative in how we're going to explain those ex- expectations to make sure that they know and understand it. And it goes back yeah, to the why. Exactly, and it's also in the generation, too, where this generation that has kids in our school or the generation now of the 20 to 30-year-olds that are in our school, they haven't been brought up with that mindset that says, seek out a master and trust in them. Their mindset has always been, question everything that you see. Make sure that science matches, you know, they have statistics and data. Don't believe the hype, and that's a good thing in a way. But at the same time, when it comes to learning, if you always question your teacher on how to do the math problem, you know, learning that particular set of skills can take 10 times longer than it ever would. And, and for example, when you said about communication before, the communication network I call in my school, um, you know, I have a, just like you, and I learned this from you actually with what we use in our software system where um, people join my school, they get a series of 10 emails over the course of 10 weeks. Uh, actually, eight emails over the course of 10 weeks, which we call our 246 10 week calls, and then we do two calls in between. Um, now, I, I spent the time, I wrote these letters, I have videos, I have support information, downloads, click here, blah, 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 blah. I, I would say about 40% of the people will opt out after the first email. And then I have to say to them, why did you opt out if I remember or catch them? And they're like, oh, I didn't think it was relevant. And I'm like, so we, even though that we told them they're going to be getting these emails, 
Um, so they're just not understanding. So that whole communication, if and when we get really great in our martial arts schools at communicating, we will have probably add on a good 20% to our retention, I think. What do you think about that? Right. Well, that, that's, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely true. And, 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 and this, has, um, I, this has nothing to do with the, with the topic at hand with, with regards to expectations, um, but, but with communication it does. I remember I had a, a girl one time who ended up quitting. She was phenomenal. And she said to me, I, when we sat down, I said, why are you quitting? And she says, well, you know, for the past few months, I've been making mistakes, and, and you still said nothing to me. And I said, but, Samantha, you always know your stuff. Why would you purposely make mistakes? And she said, you know, because you never gave me any attention. Like, you never talked to me. Um, I never did. I never made communication. That came to mind when you said that. I didn't communicate with her because she always knew her stuff, you know, and uh, that kind of woke me up that I – I need to make sure that I communicate to every single student, whether they've got it or whether they don't have it. I got to spend time right. with everybody, and 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 that raised my uh, level of professionalism by by that. Yeah, and you know what though, isn't it true? Like our old mentality in the martial arts is, if you're doing good, don't worry about it. That means we're not going to talk to you. We're not we're not going to. If, if you're doing bad, then we're going to talk to you and we're going to correct you. But if you're doing good, we're we're not going to. And again, that, that's not giving people their grade at the end of the test, or it's not people getting their progress report. And, and, and our society is a society that's based off of recognition, right? You know, you get a good grade, you get a star at the top of your paper, you pass the test, you get an A, you go on, you learn, you graduate. I mean, everything, whether it be, uh, you know, even in the corporate world in America, it's about these, you know, every year you do a corporate review, you get ratings. I mean, my, my ex just did uh, her ratings for her corporation, which is a huge, massive corporation. And um, she said that she gave everyone that, that she thought did really good. She gave them four, review, four star reviews, and it goes like one through five. And she said her, her uh, CEO of the company knocked everyone down to two stars because he felt like she was a little too giving. You know, so he was a little bit like, uh, you know, they, it, no, they're not as great as you're saying they are kind of mentality. But everyone's looking for those, that recognition and those reviews, and we, we need to communicate, in, especially with the people who are doing well, because then they get, they get bored and they quit. So we have to treat them just like the others. We have to treat everyone the same, so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I'm going to give, let me, I, I think we've talked about this, but I'm going to do a quick analogy real quickly. And um, I, I, remind me if I did, if, if not, we could always look back on calls. But um, we, there was a thing in the industry many years ago about categorizing your students as A, B, and C students. Quick summary, you know, if your students do everything, um, they come to every class, they go to every event, they never miss a test, they're outstanding, they're an A. If they're pretty good, but they're just missing it a little, um, they don't come to every event, they don't come to every class, but they're still a great student, they're a B. The C students are the ones that are kind of on the cusp of failing, right? When it comes to grades, once you have a D, you're failing, and you're really not the greatest student. But C student could go up or go down. So we treat the C students with kit gloves, and we say, hey, C student, come more often, study more often, do a private lesson, come to class, read the book, blah, 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 right? And, um, you know, that philosophy is all good, however... Not everyone gauges them or, or sees themselves as an A, B, or C student. So, for example, I had an epiphany once I had a doctor 
And um, he once came to me and he said, you know, Sheehan, I, th I think maybe I'm going to move on and not train anymore. And I'm like, why? He says, well, because it appears that I'm not really doing what I need to do to progress and it doesn't seem that you're happy. I can only come one day a week and I keep getting these motivational letters and why am I on the verge of quitting and, you know, why, why don't I come more often? He says, and I just don't feel like I could do what you expect of me. Maybe there's another school that doesn't mind if I only come one day a week because that's all I could do. I'm a surgeon. And I was like, wow, bing, you know, the light went off in my head. And I'm like, wow, not everyone wants to be categorized the way we do. Maybe they're in, in their mind, they're an A student because they can only come one day a week. So if we start treating them like C students, they're going to feel like failures. So we have to be careful at how people want to communicate. And we have to understand from the get-go. Like if I would have talked to the doctor... Um, you know, I would have said, you know, Mr. McCandless, I said, you know, like, uh, you, how many days? Well, I can only come one. Okay, great. So if he's showing up one day a week, I'm happy, right? He's an A student. But I was treating him like a C student. So again, my expectations were kind of ruining how he felt and was ruining my relationship and how he trained. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and it's knowing what your, what your customers, what your clients, you know, what their expectations are too. Um, and then right. meeting, meeting those expectations in the middle somewhere. I mean, obviously there's some things that you can't waver on, um, but then there's others that you, you can. And this is one thing that you can, you know, you can come to some sort of agreement on. They right. have to wear the uniform the way they're supposed to wear it, but with right. regards to the amount of time, and it may take them even longer to earn their ranks or whatever. And, and as long as they're good with that, you, you know, it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I think also too, Dwayne, I learned from you as well, one of the things where if they're not, if they do something wrong, you give them a warning. If they do it wrong twice, you give them a penalty. They might have to write an essay. They might have to write a, you know, a, a report on what they've forgotten, why they didn't do it and so on and so forth and hold people accountable, right? And I, I think that that's important for us to un make, and, and especially uh, the parents of kids, but mostly uh, the students in general, that they have to understand that we have expectations of quality, a certain level of understanding and a certain way that they're supposed to perform within our school. And if they don't do what they're supposed to do, you know, I personally believe, and I don't know if you do as well, they want this, this representation. They want to be reprimanded because without it, they don't feel like that girl that they're getting enough feedback, that they're getting treated, you know, the way they should. They, they're looking for us to guide them and mentor them hardly, not just, uh, you know, soft, quiet, subtle, you know, things. They want to say, hey, you better wear your, your tabby, your shoes, or, or else, you know, you're not going to be able to train, that kind of thing. Uh, you have yep. to be hard on them because that's what they're looking for. It is a martial art. There is a militaristic kind of discipline involved. What do you think? I, I totally agree. And I think it all comes down to, like we, you know, I've already talked about, it's the communication and setting up those communications. Years ago, somebody came up with the, the 246 call. You've extended to the 246810 call. Um, right. And now with technology, we're able to reach uh, with different mediums, such as email and video and Facebook and all this other stuff. And, and that's right. all well and good, but it all comes down to still creating that communication purposely or purposefully with your client and understanding them. And I, I would add maybe one other thing to that is as time goes on and these mistakes happen, like you had brought up with this doctor, you start to put in these other things into your system to actually um, uncover those 
potential mistakes before they become mistakes. So meaning when you're signing people up, you say to them, now you do understand that you do need to come two times a week in order to progress, blah, 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 blah. And then they right. say, well, we, I was, you know, I'm only going to be able to come once a week. Is that going to be a problem? No. We're going to make a note of that so that we know we just, you, you know, we need to make sure that you understand that your progression isn't going to be this, it's going to be that. Right. And so by trial and error, when we make those mistakes in our business, then we go back to our systems and we implement that, that quid pro quo, you know, right. or that, or, you know, instead of the A uh, path, now they have the B path, which is not a big deal. But then everybody is, um, you know, everybody understands each other's expectations, and then you can move forward, and you both have – it's a win-win. You both have success. Yeah, and, and you know what? As long as a parent knows that they're only coming one day a week, that it's instead of it taking them two months, it's going to take them four, they know what's expected of them, and they're able to make that – that decision and they understand that, okay, it's going to take me four months as long as I make my classes and do what I'm supposed to do. So I think that that's important for us to, you know, again, it's about communication. And I'll add one last thing, and I, I don't want to run too late on the call, is that, uh, you know, with, um, with communication too, we should also be asking how people like to communicate because we think that the platform that we put in place is the platform that they communicate on. In other words, you know, we have Facebook, we have email, we have, you know, uh, text messaging. They're, you know, they're, you know, some people you could Facebook message and they'll get back to you right away. Um, you know, I'm pretty much good, just like you. I, we're pretty much on everything. You know, we're on Skype, we're on text message, we're on phone. We can do it all. Um, but some people don't do that. So, like, we might be posting stuff on Facebook about events and things that we're doing, and we could maybe have, and even if it's a small percentage, 20 to 30% of our population within our school doesn't go to Facebook, then we lose them. Or we might be text messaging, and maybe, you know, 10% of the people don't text message or email. You know, so we should probably ask the client, like, what is the best way that you communicate? And they say, you know, check the box, Facebook, text message, you know, Skype, you know, whatever. And um, now you've taken them and you slide them into their favorite section so that you know that every time you have an event, you take this group of people and you text them. You take that group of people and you email them. You take that group of people and you Facebook them. Um, and that way you know that you're actually going to reach those people and communicate with them. Does that make right. sense? It certainly does. And I think maybe to kind of in conclusion for everybody is, you know, one is make sure that you are communicating these things to your students. And it's okay to be a classical hardcore school. I mean, I would consider um, you, you know, your school, Allie, to be that classical school. And so to have that mentality is okay. But we have to make sure that we communicate um, with our clients or potential clients and find out, you know, let them know what our culture is, but then also find out what their, their, what their expectations are as well right. and see if there's somewhere you can, you know, meet that in the middle. Most of the individuals will, um, you know, you'll indoctrinate them into your culture. That's usually not a right. problem with most individuals. Um, but there'll be a few that you will, you will have to kind of move the line a little bit. And as long as it's within reason for what you are comfortable with in your school, that's quite all right. Um, any, right. any final thoughts before we close? Well, I love, I'll just say one thing and close with this too. You know, when you said you'll indoctrinate them into your culture, understand that everyone perceives things from their own point of view. Perception is reality, but it's their reality. 
So if we want to try to get them as close to our reality as possible, that, that communication and sitting down and constantly going over, uh, making sure that you're on the same page and that you speak the same language, love language maybe or whatever, um, takes a, a bit of effort. But let me tell you, once you get it down and you have people that are on point, you have fans for life at that point. You know, you have people that are diehards, that will never quit, that will always stay with you, that will somehow always talk good about you, et cetera, et cetera. So that, this thing that we're talking about now, you know, expectations and communication, um, or, you know, the expectation of communication, um, and, uh, you know, that could literally change your retention and how your school is run, um, because, you know, that's the biggest problem is retention. Uh, you know, keeping people on board and communication is the key to that. So that's my well, my uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to quickly say you reminded me that I mean that's the biggest uh, downfall in, in the majority of relationships is the expectations and communication. And so right. why it's not any it's not any different when you're running a business. Um, yeah. You know, most divorces are based upon the wrong expectations and the wrong communication, and, yep. and it's no different inside of our business. So Absolutely. all right. Well, thanks, Sally. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. All right. Well, I just want to remind everybody, you can subscribe to the podcast. Um, just You can go to schoolandertalk.com. All the information is there either for an Android or uh, iOS product, and you can subscribe to that. Share this with anybody else that you feel that would benefit this information, and we will talk to you guys on the next call.